Hello? Fuck. Mm. Huh? That's nuts. Look. You got dots, but... More dots. Alright, we'll just talk into it normal for a second, see if you get normal looking waveforms. I know, but just... just... <laughs> Chris. <Okay>. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Hi there, Chris, it's me. Do you see normal looking waveforms like that a normal person would yeah. leave? We're really on Blade today. We're off Blade. We're, we're off Blade. Let's get on Blade, guys. June 3rd, 2015. This is Idle Thumbs 213. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Danielle Riendo. I'm James Spafford. I'm Jake Rodkin. And I'm Nick Brecken. And hey. I'm Sean Vanneman. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. It's a fiver. Welcome Sean- back, Nick. Thanks. Welcome, oh, wow. Nick. Sean's yeah. not actually here, if anyone was confused. He is, he, Sean's on assignment. Mm-hmm. It is a fiver. It is a fiver. A too many Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're full. Yeah. We've got a full house today, which is a great thing, having a full house. Because I played a game about a teenager, which is sort of like Full House. Uh, what? Sort of like wow! <laughs> wow! Boo! Boo! There's an entire... Boo! There is essentially now an entire genre of games set in a house. And and then... But no. There's a, I mean, yeah. Uh, I played a game based on the upcoming Full House sequel, Fuller House. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Which is really about the that. kid in Yeah, I know. I, no, I, Fuller I thought House you were is just... actually an announced thing. Fuller, yeah, go easy it's... on the Pepsi. What? Don't worry about me. I won't. But there, no, there is a Full House sequel coming out on Netflix. A there TV is. series sequel. It is. Yeah. I can't and it is called Fuller House. It's called Life is Strange, actually. So let's talk about that game it's and not about Fuller House <laughs> in <laughs> any capacity. Full House is like the opposite of Gone Home. It's like the the anti. That's true. Game. Game. <laughs> <laughs> There's too many people. Yeah, correct. Anyway, I heard life was strange. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a cool video game about a teenager. It's kind of like okay, it's Square, it's Square Enix making a, an indie game. It's kind of their that isn't possible. That doesn't make sense. That's well, a contradiction in it's terms. What they want to make they want to make a smaller story based adventure game based on the life of a teenager. She's at this prestigious academy. She just turned 18. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's a senior in high school. And she can travel in time. She can turn back time. If she doesn't like an action that she took, she doesn't like the, <laughs> the things that she's done, she just want, rewinds time and she can do it again. So th- so this was made by a company called Don't Nod Entertainment. Yes. Whose previous game was Remember Me. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So that, that makes sense. <clears throat> They're a French developer. Yes. Yeah. They're a French developer, and I think the writer of the game was American, but it's hard to tell sometimes. The writing okay. is... Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's got any idiomatic translation. It just yeah. feels like it has really weird dialogue choices. Maybe, maybe a lot some of the, time. of the dialogue didn't quite... Right. Yeah, didn't quite fit. Just like the lingo of it is a bit Yeah, strange. it's very um, adults writing teens, because just about everybody in this game is a teenager. It's, you know, mm. teens in this town. It's in like a... a in, it's not Portland, but it's some the Oregon Pacific town. Northwest-y yeah, Pacific kinda, Northwest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a mystical so thing. Everyone happening. loves. Everybody loves that. Twin but. Peaks came out, and in the decades since, that's the go-to. Everybody's for, been all about you know, it. For mystery. Mm-hmm. Mysterious happenings. Go to the Northwest. 
It's a subtle Alan Wake crossover, I imagine. <laughs> yes. Well, it might as well be, honestly. Like, it's very, you know, the supernatural shit is happening, and it's right. all about characters and weird writing. So it's... What, do you, what do you, like, what is the sort of just basic loop of this game? Like, what do you do? I mean, it's an adventure game. It's, yeah. it's a 3D mm-hmm. game, but it, it's adventure game puzzles and mm-hmm. sort of dialogue choices and, you know. Is it shot like a Telltale game, or is it actually like, like... Th- is it, or like Tomb Raider, when it's like a 3D adventure game that I imagine is third person, is it like fixed rail cameras, or yeah, like, is it like, or is it like butt cam, like Gears of War, oh. you know, like... <laughs> No, it's, if you picture like Heavy Rain or something like that, okay. it's, it plays very similarly to that. But then, the the because of the time travel stuff that comes along, that's more like Walking Dead stuff that, that you know that you guys worked on. But imagine that you've made a choice and someone's really pissed off, then you can be like, "Fine, I'll see what happens if I do it the other way around." Weird. Yeah, it is weird. Um, yeah, it kind of works though. And it does. I I like it. Yeah. I, like I like how goofy it is too. A lot of people have complained about the writing, but I kind of dug it. <laughs> I kind of liked the weird, goofy writing. Like there's there's a moment where, you know, it's all very teen, and there's kind of every stereotype it's all very teen. of teen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like that. Uh, there's one moment. There's a lot of like little zingers that are <clears throat> perfectly placed for a weird atmosphere. Like it, it doesn't make sense that a teenager in America in 2015 would say this, but it makes sense that this weird northwestern town where supernatural crazy shit is happening and it also feels kind of like the 90s. It works for that. There's one moment where the girl is a photographer and she is in the very first scene she's in class in a photography class and they're talking about selfies or something. And then Classic later teenagers. on yeah. later on yeah. there's there's her rival Wait, team. Have you played this book? <clears throat> No. Oh. Oh. Okay. Oh. Her rival teen, the the you know the mean girl right. of the group, yeah. kind of does something mean to her, and then she says, "Go fuck your selfie." And it's just like, oh no, this is yes, perfect. I saw that. It's That's just the one thing perfect. I know about this game is that that line exists <laughs> like, in that game. <laughs> Wait. So in what in what way do you mean it's perfect? It just fits this crazily heightened. Right. That sounds like a badly localized joke. Yeah, I mean, that's what it feels like to me. The game is not set in the '90s, though. The game is set in no, it just like feels... the modern. No one would say mm-hmm. selfie, let alone go fuck your selfie in the '90s. So it's obviously set in the <laughs> it 21st is set century. In well, I know, but you were saying '90s. It's set in 2015. Yeah. It just feels very. You know, she has a friend who likes to smoke weed and has no one a does that now. <laughs> no, you okay. especially not the Pacific. Yeah, let, me, none, yeah. let me take this <laughs> picture. This is how it's so '90s. It hurts. She goes to her other friend's room where they hang out, and one friend is like smoking weed, and they're playing and this record. There. Yeah, it's basically like that. They're playing this record that's like grunge. Mm-hmm. She has all these posters on her walls that are just so grunge. She dresses really grunge. Like it's very, very. It feels nineties. Like this room would have felt perfectly in place and gone home. So like this, this looks like Sam's right. room, but a little more extreme grunge. I feel like this is a thing that happens often with European. Developers, and for some reason, I want to say French developers in particular, sure. who set games in the United States and are like really entranced by their understanding of the particular culture they've chosen through film and television specifically, and really like well, overplay the romanticized of version Absolutely, of American yeah. youth in the Northwest is grunge culture. So that's yeah. probably what you're going to pick and mm-hmm. play up the like. Right, I know. I just mean that often when with I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> often that stuff is like pushed to like an oddly conspicuous degree. I have noticed. Uh, it's so, an- like, if a game was set in New York, everyone would spray paint subway cars and listen to hip hop. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. Like, <laughs> well, it's it's a little over the top. I mean, New know? York is a funny example because the Rockstar games are kind of that, but a little bit different in that the Hauser brothers actually live in New York. 
Yeah. Um, and those games are intentionally, I suppose, over the top. But, mm-hmm. but like, I'm trying to think of, of all the, of the various examples I'm thinking of. Like, anything David Cage has worked on falls into this category. Sure. Um, Alan Wake, I feel like, falls into this category. Yeah. Um, there, there's definite, there's Deadly definite, Premonition is the most hilarious, like, yeah, Deadly Premonition. That's like, oh, that's like 90 degrees off axis of yeah, the same problem. Yeah, that's another, yes. that's another weird one with, like, mitigating circumstances, kind of, but also, sort of. But the same thing is true the other way around, surely. Like, if you're going to set oh, a game I'm in sure. France, then it's going to be, like, this hilarious parody of France. Oh, I would say if you're going to set a game in Europe, then England. definitely the Pope and some king are in the Illuminati. <laughs> like, that's, <laughs> that's confirmed to be. Yeah. 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 That's true. I mean, in general, I think games maybe have, have like, a subtlety problem when it comes to <laughs> games that are, like, historical set period games essentially whether they be like historical periods from the past or whether they be like just other settings even set in the modern era games it seems that very frequently developers who choose particular settings for their games that aren't ones that they themselves are from like really just cannot stop themselves (laughs) from just like cramming full of just like notable names and phrases and places and like cultural artifacts like way beyond the point that people living in those times would be constantly like shouting <laughs> things to each other yeah. so okay but, life yeah. is strange it's you're there's a mystery that's happening is that like you're trying to figure out what's going on or is it like the goonies where something is very apparently going on and you're just trying to stop it like what there's you know? a mystery there's yeah. a missing girl yeah there's a missing okay. girl but there's you know, also it's a big twist twist but there's a missing girl nobody knows what's happened to her she's 19 <clears throat> or something and she's one of your friends closest friends and you all of a sudden woke up with these powers as well. She so, hasn't had these powers her whole life. She just has them now after having right. a, a nightmare. That bit's important because yes. she, you have a nightmare that is about um, a ginormous tornado that is going to come and destroy this little town in in like three days' time or whatever it is. I can't remember, like a week from now. So that's actually the bigger thing is that okay. the reason that life is strange, I guess – is not only because you can rewind time, but as the story progresses, weird stuff kind of starts happening, like weird eclipses and stuff. And so this weird thing, these weird things. <laughs> yeah, face, there's like, a, there's Sorry. like this under. That's more of like an undercurrent that there is, in the same way that Donnie Darko has that kind of yeah. weird. Sure. The knowledge that the world is going to end in okay, a certain amount of time, but they're still going to school. Well, and my, my other question yeah. about this, so that it, it is sort of a like Telltale or David Cage style adventure game. With that as the premise, mm-hmm. the rewind time thing is that literally just there for a Prince of Persia sands of time sort of. I wish I had made a different choice, or does. Does it have any sort of Majora's Mask type things or anything where, like, is there a is there a thing? Do they use it so that you mechanically are intended to play forward through a certain branch until you've learned a piece of information that would then help you to rewind 20 minutes back in time, like, go um, somewhere else? And, like, Groundhog correct. Day. Last, like The Last Express. Yeah. I guess that's I guess that's how The Last Express is. I, I always felt like well, that's I not how The Last Express is supposed to work, yeah, but that's, that's how true. it does work. That's but how it does like, work, but it's it not, is like how, not narratively how Like, yeah. in, in Groundhog's Day, it doesn't quite work that way either, right. but Bill Murray knows know what you mean. He by observing different yeah. branches of reality the yeah. way that he can then yeah. back up and play the exactly. optimal one where he, like, manages to sleep with every woman in the town or saves yeah. 100 people from dying well, so, or so, whatever, so here's, you know. So, yeah, so to put that question another way, I get well, this is not exactly what you're asking, but I'm going to ask. So, jumping off of that... Does she remember things? Show me off of my unanswered question. You're going to ask a different well, question. You can answer both of them. She ones. does. I know. Okay. So she, but that, that ends up yeah, answering It's your not quite as big oh, right, as. So she, she remembers b- yeah. all things that have happened. In which case, you, the answer yeah. to your question is yes, you are. That is how it's Yeah, but it's more in like individual scenes. So you can play out like a whole scene to the end and rewind. So you could have a conversation about something, draw out some information about them, rewind time, use that information 
Okay, that's against cool. them. Yeah, I like and that. And then they'll be like, how did you know that? That kind of right. stuff. Yeah. Um, or you can, you know, change something that happened because you so saw that. That it. feels like a legitimate use for that mechanic it as works opposed to just like, neatly. try it's, again. It's kind of yeah. cool. No, that's cool. Um, yeah, if it's just mistake correction, then it's a, then it's just, just the a second. episode so far. Oh, okay. you've only played the first episode? I'm playing the second one tonight. Okay. But yeah, I, I How finished. cut up are you, Spaf? Because there's three out so I've far. I've played right? all three that are okay. out. Okay. So okay. maybe when you've played more, we can, we can um, talk more right? because the, the way it evolves is really interesting and the way that the powers... Yeah, we should talk about it more. I just want to go back to the weird language thing because I just want to say... I just want to say, well, go fuck yourself. All the stuff they do is it actually works really well. And obviously it's hard for me to comment on this, not being American, but you know, I know about this society. So it feels like it works anyway, even though they've chosen the kind of grungy thing. Sure. And the thing that doesn't sit well with me is every now and again, they just use a piece of dialogue that I just, I just don't believe that she would use. Right. Like for one instance, that you haven't got to Chloe and, uh, and what's her face yeah. broken into a thing. And they're like, you know, they're basically saying we should get out of here. But right. she says we should bubble hearth and get out of what? here. What? <laughs> Which is a World of Whoa. Warcraft reference, right? Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's a, a very shit. specific World of Warcraft reference. Uh, and it's like, sure, wow. she maybe played World of Warcraft. She's an 18-year-old yeah. girl. Like, that's thing. But it's not apparent. Like, there's no right. point in this where you think, oh, she's a video games player. Right. And yeah. there's a whole ton that's of like weird the, the things Korean like that. soap opera where characters suddenly just randomly say this isn't StarCraft. That's also a thing that I feel like, okay, so this is true in any kind of fictional form, I think. You, the kind of reference you have to be absolutely most careful and conservative about is the one that your work belongs to. Mm-hmm. So in a yeah. movie, you have to be really careful about your characters making references to films and actors because they're being delivered in a film by actors. So like, it doesn't mean you can't talk <laughs> so it's like about a character in a movie, movie. Being like jump cut to, and then it jump cuts. Like, okay, yeah. fuck yeah, you. Exactly. Yeah. You have to be really careful about that stuff because it can come off as cute. And, uh, Again, like, not that people in a video game can't talk about video games, not that people in movies can't talk about movies, but you just have to, like, have a slightly higher threshold for, like, what is allowed to get in there than you can, like, talking about a movie in a video game or talking about a video game in a movie. Like, those are a little bit easier to get away with because there's no, you're less risk of crossing the wires, you know? Yeah. So it's times like that where you just kind of, I don't know, it it just gets a bit jarring for me and you're like, oh, this was written by a person who isn't an 18-year-old girl. And is probably a video games developer, right? But that doesn't, like, on top of that, it's fine. (laughs) Like, it doesn't matter. I see beyond that and it doesn't... I I think the writing works for what they're doing in general. There are definitely lines like that. (laughs) I I love those lines. Maybe this is because I'm weird and I've just, you know, I expect a certain thing from a game like this and this is not giving me that. It's giving me some weird, heightened, goofy, you know, I don't know why, but it keeps reminding me of Heather's, that movie from like the late 80s with What's-Her-Face, Winona Ryder, Mm -hmm. which is just a really off-kilter, bizarrely spirited teen movie from the 80s that is not like any other teen movie from the 80s i mean because there's murder in it but anyway and they make that extended analogy to mario one world one two yeah they do (laughs) (laughs) well you know how it is yeah overall i mean i mean i've enjoyed it enough to play yeah 
full through the How many episodes. chapters is it supposed to be? How many I think there will be five. five. There are three yeah. so far. Classic. Man, yeah. did you notice that she Classic is fiber. the nosiest character she in is. any video game ever? <laughs> That's saying a lot because characters in video games yeah. are basically expected to be the nosiest motherfuckers. You but can seriously, I mean, like, but you could rewind time. Maybe you would become super nosy because yes. you could be like, I'm going to look through this shit. And when they notice that I'm doing it, I'll just rewind time. And be like, Fuck <laughs> you. I read true. your diary. But like, <laughs> you literally are reading people's diaries. And there's one, there's well, one. Sitting you're, there. Yeah, yeah, you're in a girl's room and she's sitting on the bed. There's a scrunched up note in the trash can or whatever. <laughs> yes. You look at it, you like get it, read it in front of her. <laughs> yeah. And so just go fine. And, and it's like it's normal. And then you're doing it constantly. It's amazing. In that same room that you're talking about, there's a pregnancy test. Yes. That you and you just and take like, it out of the trash can. Pregnancy test? And like look at it and check it out. And she gets mad at you. And then it's just like, yeah, no, yeah. I'm around times. It's fine. I can do that. <laughs> you're right, time to take. Time. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, so, are you keeping it? I don't know. It's oh, really, Jesus. Yeah. yeah it's Just, really... Oof. How would you know that? Oh, I read it from the crumpled up nut in your trash can. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very... That I wrote, that I wrote two days ago. <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> Two days ago. This is just going around populating all of the environments with just like random God, shit that they this, then find. What if this game? Oh, I found the clue. What if, what if by the end of episode five you find out that this is basically Memento and you, re- <laughs> oh, man. you realize that your character has been creating yeah. the entire mystery? Be- what if you find out that you have to rewind time and erase the mystery of the entire thing? <laughs> <laughs> Good. Create a paradox. You guys play that game where you could rewind time? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, Life is Strange. Mm-hmm. It's a cool game. Cool. Well, that sounds interesting. That sounds much more interesting than I than I kind of had any like. I just hadn't heard a lot of that stuff. I don't know why, but I, for some reason, I just wasn't aware of a lot of that about this I, game. I was so wary cool. of it at first because it seems to be something that like I don't know how to put this properly, but but the the crowd on Twitter who are sort of like the neo endearment crowd, the people who really like cute things oh, sort yes. of got their hooks into the it, which mean. is a crowd. Yeah. I'm definitely people part who are of playing often. that cat butt game. Yeah. You know, like, right. I mean, my girlfriend is part of this crowd. It's cool. It's, it's yeah. a crowd. I also have a lot of affection for. I have nothing um, bad to say about that cat butt game, by the way. Neko <laughs> is something cute. Yeah. But okay, things actually, like that, you know, right. people seem uh-huh. to really dig it in that, in that crowd. And I was like, well, I, I like some things from that, but a lot of like, teen obsessed things i'm not as into i'm not like i'm not really into anime a lot of anime is about teenagers you know that sort of thing um but yeah it it really endeared itself to me that's another thing the main character is into i'm pretty sure he's into oh at one point i wouldn't be surprised at one point she says oh yeah we should go to we should uh you should come around and we should watch final fantasy the spirits within oh my god that's right Such a weird choice. And watch Spirits Within. Well, of course. Got what? a Dreamcast? That's like let's, let's watch Squaresoft films. Of Final course Fantasy. it is, but like yeah. Yeah. Let, let's do that actually. Wow, Blade opens like <laughs> Yeah. It's, yeah Jay Allard walks in. <laughs> hey guys, seen Mario recently? <laughs> oh. So speaking of games that that crowd probably likes i feel like yes you this have is another... an appropriate wait are you gonna talk about the japanese cat collecting game no 
Okay, I feel like maybe we should talk about that. For I mean, two sure, seconds. go for it. Alice yeah, loves that game it. so much. Is that, yeah, my girlfriend's is super obsessed with Neko it. Is that Neko Is that yes. the name of that game? Okay, my girlfriend is playing the crap out of this game. As it's is all like the girlfriend's half, game. Half apparently. the people who I play or who I know on Twitter, and I I said something about it sort of pejorative, <laughs> use it pejoratively earlier. Uh, <laughs> On this podcast? Minutes ago, I said that people who are playing that cat collecting game when talking about the people on Twitter. (laughs) I don't know how much to say about this game. It's a, it's a, it's a very, very, very free to play game from Japan. Wherein very 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 free to play, <laughs> it's as free to play as really free. Where, wherein you have a like it starts with a backyard and then you use fish, which is the in-game currency, to buy toys, which you put in your yard, and you buy food. And if you have a, like nice toys and food, cats will come and play with them if you p- put the game away for a few minutes. So you'll sort of set up a toy and then come back and watch like see like a cute cartoon of a cat rolling around with the ball, and then you can double tap it and take a picture of it and collect it. And then okay. diff- different cats and different toys show up. Oh, if a cat enjoyed your toys is this or the food, game that looks like MS Paint in a good uh, way. A little bit. It's yeah. very Maybe. thick lines. I mean that negative colors. Yeah, it looks I just like mean, the best MS Paint art. It's aliased, right? Like it's. I don't know about that because I only ever see it on a Retina phone. It's like it oh, looks okay. crisp as hell on a Retina phone. Oh, so maybe okay, it is. Okay. The screenshots I've seen on Twitter but, look like the nicest possible MS Paint art that someone could do. And it, it's, it's kind of simple. It, and it, if a cat again, enjoy, I mean that positively. If yeah, a cat enjoys yeah. your toy, it leaves you fish, which mm-hmm. you can then use to buy more things, and the cycle yeah. continues. Um, so Dana started playing this game over the weekend, um, and immediately is now like destroyed by it to the point that we were woken up at like three in the morning this oh, morning by an actual cat in our house who like jumped up on the bed and I heard this like oh, oh god damn it why and she like threw a pillow and a cat left <laughs> and I got up and went to the bathroom because I was awake in the middle of the night and then when I came back she was awake because she was excited that being up at two in the morning meant that she would have a chance to like catch a rare night cat she was like oh maybe I could catch a different cat wow. that went by during the day I was like oh what mad at your actual cat for being awake and then excited <laughs> that maybe you know, like a new cat is in your yard at two in the morning oh man um, that's, that's good anyway the, the, this game is also it's it's easy to understand because it has pictures and stuff but you mm-hmm. still kind of need a primer because it's not localized Mm, interesting. It's okay. fully Japanese. Japanese. Wow, it's okay. just in Japanese. Yeah, right. But internet people are playing it. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. It is It is really cute. Yeah. It no, I mean, definitely it's Some of the cats are really weird as well. They have like little costumes and it looks like a fat king cat and stuff. Yeah. So they get progressively weirder. Fat king cat. Fat king cat. <laughs> anyway, if you want your life destroyed by a semi impenetrable Japanese iOS free to play a cat photographing and observing game, just search I for do. iOS cat collecting Japan game and you yeah. will find it. Yeah. Um, but it is called Neko Atsume, I think. Oh, perfect. Um, sorry to divert from that after making fun of it for half a second because I realized that it has now become integrated into my home life. Yes. <laughs> In a very special way. It yeah. interrupts your nights. It superseded our actual cats. <laughs> um, anyway, sorry, Chris, you were going to talk about a different game that wasn't I mean, there. I wasn't going to, but Danielle probably was. I was. Oh, okay. Another game. Well, another game my girlfriend got obsessed with and wrote about recently, in fact. Um, so I was playing... I'll get there. I was playing The Witcher 3. Which uh-huh. I've been doing a lot of, like right. another forty hours. And you're really into it. Still. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm making videos on it. It's mm-hmm. a delightful time, and really enjoying it. But again, I'll probably just talk about it once I beat it or sure. whatever. Um, but I was playing that game, and my girlfriend said, "Honey, come here. Can you take a dick pic?" <laughs> <laughs> As she does <laughs> usually all the time. I, you know, I'm a cis lady. I don't, I don't have a dick. So I was like, okay, this must be a game. Something is up here, clearly. 
Uh, and I came over, and uh, she was playing Cobra Club, which mm-hmm. is Robert Yang's latest yeah. game. Robert Yang is a is a gay dude who makes used to be EA for a really long time, and now he makes sort of queer erotica games. He used to do a lot. Of, he used to do a level design column for Rock Paper Shotgun. I don't know if he okay. still does. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it in a while. But he he's, he was he's really he smart. was in the level design in a day workshop at GDC mm. this year, though. I think he's yeah. also been working on this game for quite a while. I feel like he was learning yeah. Unity with it. Like, I remember he started, I follow him on Twitter and have Yeah, he was just posting a bunch and, of just yeah, hilarious and, naked guy and, models. Yeah, yep. when he started, he was just posting all these, like, models of dudes, without, but there was no context for what it was. Yeah. So it could have been literally anything. And then it turns out, like, it could have been literally absolutely this anything. this is what it was. Of course, well, like, the it thing was, that it's it, actually the shortest point from, like, right, it, could, it could have been literally anything because when we were first doing greyboxing for Firewatch, our scale reference human model was just, like, an onyx stone naked man who was right. just like glistening in our yes. sunlight yeah. model. And that's exactly what all the shit that he kept posting looked like. like. So yeah. I'm like, it it, like this that. could be anything. It could be a game about this guy. It could be a game with that has a statue in it. It could be a game where this is just scale reference right, for like No, buildings. it's actually a game no, about naked guys. It's a dicks game. <laughs> yeah, it's so. very like... There aren't enough games about dicks. I mean, I mean, yeah, there are fairly few probably. It's, it's a... I mean, that's probably not actually like true. Oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lots. There yeah. are a few that have the attention of of the game. Yeah, this press is this is mm. this is probably a, yeah right. This is probably a more. Um, there are probably a lot of games that have dicks in them that are not about like yeah dick pics, for instance. Yes, yes. I was thinking Skyrim so, so, mods so that Kara the, has. Like, so what's the deal with this game? So this game is actually very interesting. I mean, it is certainly an amusing game. It it is mm-hmm. literally about taking a good inviting attractive picture of of your character who's a dude with his <clears throat> with his you know anatomy out for mm-hmm. all to see uh the point is that it's, a, it's supposed to be about sort of like dick pic culture in the gay community like mm. dating and you know dating by app and chatting with people and sort of showing off your stuff basically um which you know if it weren't made by a gay dude who's making this about sort of this culture i would be like okay what what is this but it's it, there's an interesting twist to it you know there's an interesting commentary oh, about it the way he he's described it is he's made sort of games about gay culture before um and about bdsm and things like that before and people on youtube have been like you know sort of like very pubescent dudes playing the game on YouTube have been like, ew, gross, look at this. And he's making this as a reaction to that. He's like, mm-hmm. the reaction, the proper reaction is to be gayer at them, is sort of the way he put it. And the article my girlfriend wrote about it, which I thought was cool and interesting. Like, he, he's very dedicated to making things that are personal and about privacy and about, you know, things he cares about, which I think is cool. Um, I mean, the whole game is chatting with people and taking dick pics and right. trying to make an attractive picture. You know, you're you're basically, mo- you know, you're putting the camera in a specific place. You're putting filters on things. You're sort of trying to, you know, make things look nice and make things look inviting, basically. There's a slider to have a more full erection. That's true. I saw a gif. It can, it, it can go There's up an erection and it can go slider. down. It can go up or down. Yeah. Uh, once you unlock the fuller controls, you can actually uh, change the size of the dick in question. You can mm. you can do all sorts Apparently of things. Apparently it also has Instagram filters that it you does. can apply, so that's good. It has, like, the nice purple filter, you know, if you want to get all fancy. <laughs> a lot of this Artistic. Was, yeah, it's very artistic. A lot of this was sort of based on the ethos of a Tumblr. Not a Tumblr. It's, it's a proper blog, I think. Maybe it's on Tumblr. No, Whatever. It's, it's, not it's a Tumblr. Tumblr. Like it's Critique my dick pic, which right. sounds hilarious, and it often is, but it's actually this really inclusive, really wonderful, like, like trans folks are, are invited to sort of take pictures, and the entire point is to 
take a tasteful or interesting picture of yourself naked and to make it look artistic and to make it look nice. It's not necessarily just to be gross or to just sort of show something, but it's it's to actually, like, be very body positive and, like, you know, it's a very welcoming environment. And I actually really like this blog, which I know sounds crazy as, like, the queer woman talking about the dick pic blog, but I actually find that really nice. I think it's a nice thing about online culture. Well, it's a nice thing that could only exist in online right. culture. right. But it, in, instead of being gross and instead of being body shaming, it's inclusive and wonderful and nice. So. It's amazing that um, a website that is based around that would actually be super inclusive because the ones that are usually based around that are completely opposite. Where they're, you know, really shamey, hot yeah. or not, or whatever, is yeah. completely all based in the opposite of that and yeah. just like being mm-hmm. like, no, ugly, and like doing that. gross or. And then Small other ones, you know, whatever, like, yeah. rape my poo or whatever that kind of shit for the <laughs> days of internet past. But that's a thing. I remember I rape my poo. Right. That's a very old website. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I maybe that's, a, like, an amazing, welcoming site as well. Maybe everyone's like, yes, that is a wonderful poo. Good job. Like, good job. Your <laughs> anus must be well. very shapely. <laughs> such a beast. <laughs> maybe it is. I don't know. I've never <laughs> to produce such a beast. <laughs> yeah. Like, whatever. I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah. Top notch poo, like so. I don't know, maybe, but I, I get the feeling they are not about that. So it's cool that, yeah, that it has cool. an amazing community around it. Yeah, it's, it's people who are nice. Cool. Well, you guys want to take a break? Sure. Yeah. Sure. All right. Video game. Thanks to Harry's for sponsoring this episode of Idle Thumbs. Harry's provides high quality shaving goods. At an affordable price. Mm. Yes. If you go to harrys.com and enter the coupon code THUMBS at checkout, you can get $5 off your first purchase. You should do that. Um, I actually have a Harry's shaving kit. Um, they sell one for $15. It, has a ra- it comes with a razor moisturizing shaving cream and three razor blades. And uh, I was using that um, last week. Um, and I really like their shaving cream as opposed to to the gel. I've gotten into the, the cream style mm-hmm. recently, yeah, and I really enjoyed it. It's nice. It's a good set of razor stuff. Is it Harry's or Harry's? <laughs> H-A-R-R-Y-S. It's the name. H-A-R-R-Y-S. Okay. .com both... uh, with promo code THUMBS. Oh. Excellent. Yep. I really hope that people all enjoy that ad with the after image of Cobra Club firmly in their mind. <laughs> <laughs> Good for all your uh, manscaping needs. Mm-hmm, maybe, mainly your face. Mainly I would say for with your this, face. These products. Yes. I see. I see. Yes. Um, yeah. Harry's dot com promo code thumbs get five dollars off. I like it a lot. Thanks, Harry's. Video game. Thanks also to MeUndies, as you surely know by now, a provider of high quality underwear. Another thing that I have. Also, <laughs> and another, and another like, Cobra Cub related well. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Anyway, yeah. what's Mandy's, Chris? Uh, Mandy's, they sell uh, underpants, uh, T-shirts, you know, just your, your range of sort of basic undergarment clothing in a wide variety of colors and patterns. They have a like monthly special limited time style each month that is cool. It's called um, the Cobra Club. It's, it's not called that. <laughs> not called that. Uh, but they do have uh, patterns ranging from the simple and tasteful uh, to the outrageous. And tasteful. And, and, very, and, and even more tasteful. tastefully outrageous. Yeah. 
Yep. Yeah. Uh, they're high quality. They're like, you can just tell when you buy them. They're not like the just sort of pack of underwear you get off the rack at the like drugstore. Like they're, they're actually nice, high quality underwear and you can really feel it. Uh, and it does, I do find increasingly that that is, I, I have an appreciation for that that I don't think I did in my younger years. Um, so if you go to MeUndies.com slash thumbs, you can get 20% off and free shipping. Excellent. Yeah. Thanks, MeUndies. Video game. All right. So what do we – you want to talk about Jurassic Park? Yeah. I don't care what Nick wants to talk about. <laughs> we're back and we're talking about it. Um, right. Welcome to Idle Thumbs. Nick. <laughs> So I actually had something I wanted to talk about before I talk about this stupid game. Go what do you want it. to talk about? So while I was gone, um, I was just sitting here thinking about it. Let's uh, talk about FIFA. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was in London, um, and I hung out with uh, Ben Andek, who oh, cool. is a... Yeah, um, old school thumb. Old school thumb awesome. guy. And we got to talking, and um, we're talking about Idle Thumbs, as you do. And uh, he mentioned that nobody can actually um, decide amongst ourselves who actually came up with the name idle thumbs oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. is this true i wanted to, I, if anybody wanted to like stake a claim to it <laughs> I, I was i was curious <laughs> i'm pretty sure it's remember. ashby oh alex ashby yeah yeah i would huh. believe that that seems like an alex ashby name yeah yeah i oh man because before idle thumbs started we actually had a like let's build an idle thumbs website forum mm-hmm. the, that for, I, the secret forum that the I, wizard forum that i think <laughs> that i hosted on yeah on my website and i yeah. might still have that forum in which case i could go back and find it but i bet that thing's been blown up like three times um, the, the database might just weirdly be sitting there yeah i'll look oh man it could just be in the sql database yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> if it's if your website has had continuous hosting since then it probably I think, is I, I don't i can't remember but whatever yeah um where did the name idle thumbs come from who could say? Probably Alex Ashby, um, <laughs> who I bet very few people who listen to this podcast remember. He was on like two GDC episodes in 2008. He introduced all the Idle Book Club uh, episodes oh, yeah. that we did. Yeah. And he wrote for the site for years before it was a podcast. <laughs> I was going to say, now I kind of want Alex to do like a history of Idle Thumbs, like a short series or something. Just <laughs> in his, you know, like. Beautiful. I mean, the most self-indulgent amazing. thing for us to ever oh, publish. <laughs> And then these people wrote stuff and got in fights in the staff forum, and then they stopped writing, and then they started again. Well, and then they started a podcast, which they stopped. And now ben they told me a story. Yep. That I, that <laughs> now, that's are cool. we just back newly now? Are we throw, is that all that's fine. to be burned? Okay. So now that that's out of the way. You should do the welcome thing again, because that was great. Welcome <laughs> to Idle Thumbs. We were... Oh, because it's Jurassic Park time. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I don't care about that game for a second, oh, because we have to right. talk about the Jurassic World trailer that is terrible, oh, and then it has John Hammond sound-alike oh. voiceover in it. Oh, no. I didn't see this yet. It says, Welcome to Jurassic World in it. Oh, oh barf. And they oh, also no. they pumped up the, his accent like hmm. 10% too much. It's just Scrooge it's, McDuck saying, yeah. Welcome to Jurassic World. <laughs> yeah. It's out of control. Oh, God. I wish that it had been the Super Nintendo voice then going, Welcome to Jurassic World. <laughs> yes. Dr. Spitzo? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've talked about how unimpressive that moment in the Super Nintendo Jurassic Park game was before, but it is the worst. And now it's w- super impressive because you're like, wow, Super Nintendo could talk. But yeah. um, anyway, so... I still played a lot of that game. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's it like this, great. It's a top-down Jurassic Park game that then has first-person, uh, I know how to read a schematic segments. It's right. basically Ninja Turtles 1 NES game, yeah. uh, but for Super Nintendo and with dinosaurs. That's exactly what it is, yeah. Anyway, no, I played... Uh, 
<laughs> for no reason at all. I played Jurassic Park Operation Genesis, which excellent. There are a few things which to say one, about this which game. Which one is that? So I, it's weird. A lot of people don't know about this game. I don't know. I find, if very, I do. I I don't find it I very. Do. I find it very interesting to me because yeah, like what when I was a kid. This? When I was a kid, this is two thousand two, two thousand three. Okay. Um, probably shortly after. Um, Jurassic Park 3, I guess? I don't know. Mm. I was like So this is like GameCube, original Xbox, uh, original, PS- I think it was original Xbox, PS2, PS2 era, though. That's the era yeah. that sort of... It's actually one of the rarest console games you can you can look for. Oh. Um, it's very I don't think you qualify as a kid for this. In, 20, 30, in, tw- in this year. No, 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 no. I was going to start another story, which oh, is to oh, say oh, that okay, okay. it's strange to me that not many people know about this game because uh, one of the defining moments um, for me as a like video game player, a PC gamer... Was sitting there uh, in my basement in 1990, like two, I guess, playing the original, probably, probably, yeah, playing the original um, SimCity, oh, and uh, building an island out of just, <laughs> you know, where I'm going with this, Jake. Yeah, just build an island nublar and then create disasters. <laughs> right? Yep, you build the nublar and then you take the um, the uh, electric. First, you build the nublar. First, you build the nublar. <laughs> Step one. <laughs> Step one. Build the nublar. <laughs> I think I've talked about this before, but Step I would two. take the Step one, um, build Nublar. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Nublar. So, <laughs> well, so I would. What say- if they got? What if? The, what if the Jurassic World trailer they got a sound like of Hammond to say, yes. "Welcome to Isla Nublar." <laughs> <laughs> fans are good. Fans are going to love this deep cut. <sighs> Why is it always that same island? <laughs> we don't know if Jurassic World is built it on Nublar. It might not Nublar, be Nublar. But I hope that it is. I hope that they fall through the Surely floor. And they're like, this is built on top of another Jurassic Park. And they're God. in like, the ruins of original Jurassic Just Park. Just the skeleton of John Hammond. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's the one that they hang from the ceiling and then press. <laughs> Mr. Arnold, <laughs> same hand is there. <laughs> He's a, Mr. Hammond, his, his skeleton, his skeleton is hanging from the roof like a T Rex one, except his arm isn't there. They're like, why did what, why is his arm missing from his skeleton? Oh, oh, thank God, it's you. Oh, <laughs> what? So, so you built the Nublar yeah. in SimCity, and then you probably unleashed the Godzilla on well, no, it. No, no, no. First, no? step two. Uh, you <laughs> take the, you step uh, the uh, electrical wires that you can build in SimCity, yeah. and you make fences out of those. Okay, then you place your, your administrative buildings, and then you unleash Bowser. Super Nintendo version. Uh, and Classic. he is your transverse Rex that then destroys the island. That was I would do that like repetitively, just <laughs> wishing for a game that didn't exist, which is actually Jurassic Park Operation Genesis, which is a theme park clone uh, with Jurassic Park theming. You mean the game theme park? Yes, yes, yeah. sorry. Um, and so, here's the thing. It's, it's really, an exact yeah. clone of the theme park <laughs> Jurassic Park. <laughs> uh, with Bowser. Part yeah. of Universal's <laughs> Island of Adventure in yeah. Orlando. Bingo, Bowser DNA. <laughs> <laughs> That was a shitty Mr. DNA. Yeah, was, oh, oh, exactly. Fuck you, you do a better one. I can't. <laughs> Bowser DNA. Got stuck in the sand. <laughs> anyway, let's not do that. Uh, so, um, so I didn't really want to say a lot about this game other than it exists. Um, it's actually, for what it is, it's, it's pretty well done and frustratingly so because... Uh, for 2003, like the fidelity of animation in this game is actually pretty impressive. Like watching the dinosaurs, so you build, you know, your you like autogen an island, 
you place the Jurassic Park can you, entrance. Can you get a prefab Nublar in there? <laughs> you can. Um, can you get a prefab Jurassic Park 3 Island you site can get, B? You can! Site There's a Site B. B mode in the menu, Jake! Oh my god! And it's just or no B, fencing or anything. Site you B just is let, Lost World, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you just, you spawn dinos right. in, and then they just run around, and that's dinos. like, that's all it is. It's just you fucking watch the dinosaurs. But, so, <laughs> so... So the game's actually pretty well done, except that eventually they just obviously ran out of money or something because the content just, there's just like a curve where you're really enjoying the experience and then there's just nothing left to do. There aren't any more things to research, you know, if you play a theme park You reach game. the executives at publisher thought and Eleanor yep. past this point point in the game. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a classic, like, 2002 point. Um, and <laughs> so... It, that is really true, actually. It is. That was getting to the, that was sort of getting to the stage in time where, uh... The, no one will engage past this. Well, okay, yep. well, it's it's when the curve, the like point on the curve of like player demand for length of game and total content intersected with like content actually getting really expensive yeah. to make. Yeah, and I think in, that also intersected that, with the feeling that there was a huge mass audience that was waiting to buy these games. If only like also starting to reach its fever yeah. pitch. I think yeah. like yeah. PS2 mm-hmm. X original Xbox yeah. era. So you ended up with a lot of games that were that just felt. Wait, even I would say even a game like Deus Ex, which is like one of my favorite games, and I think it's a great game, kind of suffers from that of being just like a little too big for itself mm. in, in way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's, that was yeah. a feeling I remember really being in the air in that. Oh, in I think Nick's talking about a slightly different thing, I, which is building your game. And it has an endpoint potentially or its systems can stretch past a certain point. But you feel like there's a point where the developers just thought that people would st- Stop caring. Sure, but I think those. Two, but I think you can get there through either means. Like you can get there through like yeah. it's just you're stretched thin, or yeah, through someone didn't have faith in it, or whatever. But it's I think the, the that, desire to create an experience way bigger than it yeah, should be. Yeah, yeah, yep. I think yeah. You can just feel like through the 2003 shitty level of graphics, like <laughs> the, the developers just trying to make this game exceptional. Like you can just feel it. Like yeah. they just, they did so much more than they needed to. For instance, like it's a Jurassic Park game. They use the original film score, which doesn't seem extraordinary, but I feel like that's pretty strange these days. Like you wouldn't expect that from a, from a licensed property uh, today. You would expect the just shitty synth version that somebody like hacked together or whatever. Well, now you'd expect it again. Right. But, not even now. Really? No, I, I, you I, I fully Jeremy anticipate Soul to go and get a, a huge orchestra to record a thing that only licensed one John Williams track. Okay, yeah, sure. I guarantee you the new Lego Jurassic Park or whatever is probably just. I mean, like at, tel- at Telltale, like, yeah. And, um, and this is not a slight against the composer of that of that game, with my buddy Jared. But for those, like for Back to the Future and the Jurassic Park games that they did, they were like. License the closing credits theme because that contains all of the melody lines to all the major themes (laughs) and write a score that is timed to this game that only uses a live instrument when we can absolutely afford it and that we own the complete rights to. And that, like, good luck. Sound exactly like Alan Silvestri Mm -hmm. with MIDI. Goodbye. Like, (laughs) you know. um, And I think they actually did end up recording original tracks for this, but they're actually really well done and they seamlessly blend from the film score. Like, it's really well done. Anyway. Yeah, the game is not really worth talking about at length. I was just really excited that, strangely enough, there's this like niche mod community that still exists for it. Oh, wow. Of course there is. So like I dug through the internet. And they're putting all all the Jurassic World spliced dinosaurs in, right? No. Uh, No, they actually... One of the sites is run by a guy called Nublar7. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) And... And they're like skin packs. Uh, most of these things are tied to just making more authentic with the canon and, and just basically making the whatever sound effects they did use less shitty. Um, 
I don't know. The game is the game is surprisingly good. They had like rudimentary AI, but it, it works pretty well. Like the the sort of like herds of smaller dinosaurs behave properly. Like the larger dinosaurs go in and like fight each other and like I don't know. The behavior in this game is actually really impressive for what it was. It strikes me as a game in terms of scope that you would put on like Facebook today or like on iOS, but that like the details of it would be so much shittier <laughs> for yeah. lack of a better word yeah. today. Um, and it made me kind of sad because I realized that that was the case that will that, that the idea of just like, Oh, a Jurassic park, uh, theme park game. Yeah. It makes sense. Just make that and do as good of a job as you can with this amount of money. Like today would just be this really cynical version, which is just like <laughs> free play, as fucking well. free play, like, you know, Farmville Jurassic park that just wouldn't quite feel the way it needs to feel for this to work. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's not that great of a game, but it's, can I do I- like that when you hit escape, uh, the sound effect is the like Nedry's computer like <laughs> activating the fucking um, like you know the virus or whatever I don't know there are all these little details yeah. that just make so me really when happy. you quit out it's the end. like you're just starting the end it's of like, your park yeah you're basically, basically like yeah, exactly. right fuck this <laughs> and then but you don't get to see any of that right but yeah. do you know yeah that it's all oh yeah so they made a Jurassic Park theme park simulator that doesn't have <laughs> the actual. the disaster as the disaster it does like so it, it doesn't does. have it it has. Your, one of your programmers has gone rogue and oh, turned that. off all the fences. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, it awesome. doesn't have that. How does it not have that? That's it amazing. It has a storm, and the, and the dinosaurs test the fences, and they'll they'll break out during a storm. We but it doesn't have Nedry. We should make a mod for that. Basically, at the point that you got to where you're like, this game is not yeah. fun anymore. Yeah. That is the threshold when you should see... Yep. All the electricity goes off, and mm-hmm. then one you, one fat guy gets in a jeep and drives away, and it's like now use the fucking last right. scraps of what you have to keep yeah. the dinosaurs from killing everyone and getting out of the mainland. You know, climb in your jeep and chase him down, <laughs> and then hit a tree, and then <laughs> yes. yeah. Dear Nublar Seven, please make this mod, mod as described. You can do hilarious yes, things in this game. I made a huge paddock and and had like a thousand herbivores in it, and Ooh. then you can take um, like a safari uh, jeep track and like lay the track out so the jeep will run through the um through the space uh and then you can like jump in the jeep in first person and like drive around and look at your dinosaurs but i had set the path such that it just kept running into the largest herd and so when the jeep stops he just like honks he goes like and so like i was watching from a pull-out perspective this fucking jeep just honking at this like 60 ton brachiosaur like get out of the way buddy like the worst like Jurassic Park blooper as like Malcolm just like you know laying on the ah. horn like it's really dumb anyway it's a good game <laughs> that's a uh, Jurassic Park Operation Genesis for yeah. PC and PlayStation 2 I looked it up oh nice yeah. is this something I, I, I could on buy on my PC it's really hard to find okay it's really really hard to find I still have my disc oh, oh wow so I had to pull out my disc uh, Ooh, uh, back to the disc. Yeah. <laughs> Whipped your disc out. Yeah, <laughs> took a quick. Whipped yeah. out that Cobra Club disc. <laughs> anyway, I was going to ask Jake was since we were talking about Dennis Nedry and his and his adventures <laughs> in a jeep. Mm-hmm. Did any of y'all see how um, there was a Texas news station or, or a, a news station, a professional news organization, tweeted out a picture of Dennis Nedry at the you know looking upon the the storm. When he's lost on the cliff, mm-hmm. Dennis Nedry, as like an actual news action photo of, of the, <laughs> the oh, Texas man. flooding. Oh, <laughs> oh man. For real, this really happened. Did you see the can of Barbasol? Did yeah, the background the- says. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys see the fucking Barbasol ad that Barbasol put out like last week? What? No. There, yeah, it's like, it has the. It's bizarre. So it's, it's the shot from, I guess it's the shot from the original Jurassic Park of the Barbasol can. 
on the ground, or maybe it's a shot from Jurassic World intended to evoke that, uh, like in the muddy ground with the rain and the water washing over it. And they have the like soft, tinkly piano solo version of the Jurassic Park theme. And it's got it's like a really, lament for the barbecue. Yeah, it's, it's played like a fucking oh elegy or something. And it's got a slow camera zoom on the barbasol and the tinkly piano music. And then, and the, I guess it's to just say it's like, Barbasol is back in Jurassic World or something. It's the weirdest <laughs> oh my God. fucking piece of cross. Man, what if Jurassic seen. World is somehow about that Barbasol can? It, they, I, I think suspect, it actually is. Yeah, I suspect wow. that that's the same old something. can. So anyone who ever tries to extend the Jurassic Park story at this point obviously makes it about that Barbasol can. Yeah. That's what that Telltale game was about. Yeah. Remember when that Telltale Jurassic Park game came out and Sean and I worked at Telltale and then people complained that we made Jurassic Park jokes because we were promoting the Jurassic Park <laughs> game? Really? How incorrect those people were. Anyway, um, <laughs> you guys want to read Reader Mail or are there more yeah. video games? Let's yeah, you know what I just realized though before, like really quickly, the version of that game that I really want is... Is just the, like essentially prison architect like prison architect mm-hmm. just reskinned with jurassic park is exactly what i want anyway someone that would be cool that mm, yeah skin that'll be crazy yeah that'd be a cool game because they're like security cameras in jurassic park genesis um like they have the the idea of it just not this actual like systems it's a bummer does it have any like DNA, like yeah, DNA to make weird dinosaurs or something. No, you like, can't. That's like, Jurassic you, World Operation Genesis. Oh, I yeah, see. <laughs> the sequel. Yeah, no, you dig up dinos. Only for Facebook. You complete and the DNA dinos. strand. The more you complete, is there it, a mini game? Full full holes. Is it a mini game? Yeah, you, film film. you film them. Yeah. Uh, no, there's no, no mini game where you like use a VR uh, headset <laughs> to like you know chunk code in. I wish there was though. Is that in Jurassic Park? Yeah. Oh, I guess but they look, do. The guys, yeah, like, they're using Whoa. VR. Now like, that yeah. we have Oculus, can't we make that? Make that game. God, you could. Man, I'll did make you guys that. see that the Oculus... Um, I, I don't have a ton to say about this, but I was just kind of surprised that now, being a company owned by Facebook, Oculus has announced that you'll basically need like a fi- roughly a $1,500 PC to like properly drive an Oculus headset. Hmm. And I just thought I that was a crazy thing. Yeah. Like, wow. for, you know, for a, for a technology that is like, that has been acquired by... You know, like the mo- a company that basically their whole identity is being a yeah. thing that they that they want everyone on the planet. That's to also use. for like the Rift, though, right? Because the first Oculus branded product that actually went out was an Android phone glued to a headset that anyone can just experience VR. Oh, really? In. Yeah. I don't think that's the experience. is that a supported thing that there's currently development for, or what? It- I have no idea who's using it, but Oculus okay. put it out. Oh because, yeah, because, because no, Google thing. because Google is competing. With this, with their cardboard thing, which is that, right? I mean, that's just yeah, yeah. Like, that their thing is actually that. So the two kind of like well, this is like biggest... it has, this Oculus one, the, the Oculus Samsung one, actually has like the lenses that are in an Oculus headset and stuff. Like whereas mm-hmm. the Google cardboard one is just like split your eyes on the right. two screens. Right. Yeah, but yeah, this is like the real one that Oculus has been aiming for for years, right? That this headset yeah. is the one that is the DK one, DK two yeah. crystal, which I guess is just like it's inevitable that's this because yeah. you say they've been moving towards it for years. It's just, I just still, I, I guess I'm not bringing this up because I think it's necessarily bad. Like it's, it's the people who've been excited about Oculus for years. Like this is the thing that they want. Um, it just, I just makes me wonder what the, like, cause you're going to have to wait for this is mm-hmm. it's like three, four years before anything catches up with this. Like it's, it's years before, like, and before you could make a self-contained headset that would have that kind of hardware inside right. of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That said, apparently the, the tech specs for the valve vive are mm-hmm. 
way more extreme even than Oculus because oh, I man. think that Valve is like you have to do 90 FPS in this thing at 1080p yeah. display or something. Oh, wow. So it's like oh. you're like I don't yeah. remember those numbers are probably not the correct numbers. Sorry, people, right. don't hold me. You're to just those. saying that, but it's a like standard. No, it's a number that they that, that I remember hearing Valve listed for what mm. they recommended for a Vive game, and people just went, Damn. yeah, because it's like. You know, the Oculus, the final Oculus display pixel density is way higher than it was when they, even right. than oh, DK, yeah, even yeah, than DK2, definitely. I think. Yeah. But the Vive, yeah. I think, is even more extreme as far as their, like, the like pixel density and resolution per eye. Mm-hmm. Um, which just means, I don't know. Gotta yeah. have a sick PC, gotta have a sick rig. <laughs> I am recording from a microphone that's on top of two motherboard boxes. So that's, that's true. Everyone yeah. knows. Everyone yeah. knows how I game, and everyone it's knows like five-year-old motherboards. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. One of those is a, on one, of those, of each other. one of those is a graphics card featuring Twin Frozer Two fan technology. Oh, and as we know, Frozer. Twin Frozer Two is mm. out of control. Old news. Old. They're up to Twin Frozer Five now. Yeah, we were we were really getting Quad into we were getting Frozer. into like some. <laughs> it's still only Twin Frozer. No, only it's only yeah, only the two. Yeah. Oh, okay. But I mean, you can SLI it for a Quad Frozer Five. It's a quad frozer ten. I don't know how that how that goes. Um, quad frozer. Yeah. Diminishing returns, Jake. That's like a Blade Runner name. Go to yeah. Hard OCP to find out. <laughs> motherboard um, names. Are so you guys want to control? control annoying. Wait, what? Yes. Motherboard names are so stupid and just fucking <laughs> garbage. <laughs> Stop calling them. But P eight Z seven seven dash V Pro. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Not off. the fucking pleb version. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> Uh, so Aaron Broder writes, hey, Thumbs, this is a few weeks late, but I thought I'd share my experience with being being someone with buds in a bud-based economy. <laughs> uh, so this is a TF2 email, I guess. At some point a few years ago, I made my Steam profile public so my friends could find me easier. I was almost immediately assaulted by a daily barrage of people trying to buy my buds. I'm not a heavy, to- <laughs> I'm not a heavy TF2 player, pun not intended, but I decided to soldier on and keep my buds just in case I wanted them for later. My responses to the people spying my buds varied. From immediately shutting down to engineering a situation where I pretended I didn't know what they were talking about to see how long they would pretend that they were actually scouting for friends before they went for the kill. Okay, this guy's fucking pun nonsense is actually interrupting my ability to focus on his actual story, (laughs) which is that people keep hitting him up for buds all the goddamn time. Um, So anyway, he says, once though, as soon as someone messaged me, I immediately pretended that I was trying to buy their buds. (laughs) I used every line anyone had ever used on me before trying to play the part of an interested buyer. They're incredibly confused and eventually blocked me. A few days later, <laughs> someone else messaged me on Steam saying they were friends with the original, laughing and complimenting me on my prank. Then they tried to buy my buds. <laughs> <laughs> my Steam profile is now private, Aaron. Oh. That's like the that's like the when you when you pick up the phone saying I want to order a pizza. That's yeah. basically the what's going on here. Except if you only got called by people trying to order pizzas every day of your life. I guess that's what you do if your number ends up being one off from the pizza mm. place. Yeah. When I, when my phone number when I grew up was one off from the like horse race track. That's a weird one. Like county Did or whatever. people keep trying to place bets on horses? They, people would call in for that racetrack all the time. Every summer basically. Man. It was just a disaster. Yeah. So I don't know if you saw but Captain Invictus the guy who wrote all the crazy yeah. Habarian emails wrote us an email. Um Okay. On May 20th, it just says Hat Chat, and it's an update to the state of Team Fortress Hat, chat. hat World. I don't know if we want to get into it or not. I uh, mean, I'm, I'm never not down for Hat Chat. You want to right. read Hat Chat, or you want to read it? Uh, you can read it if you want. Uh, sure. Let's see. Okay, so he writes... It's a heavy hat update. Um, it, yeah. Not a heavy pun. God, that guy's last email ruined everything. Yeah. I just mean that it's a long-ass hat chat. Are you guys down for long-ass hat Let's chat? Let's do long-ass long ass hat, hat chat. chat. All right. 
Uh, Captain Invictus writes, Hey, Thumbs, it's the captain again. A lot has gone on in the world of TF2 trading. There was a significant market crash out of nowhere on April Fool's Day, as alluded <laughs> to by prior emails from other folks. Things are a little bit on fire. A lot of people have been like, what happened? Why would it crash overnight? But in reality, it's been happening in slow motion for the last eight or so months. One of the obvious realizations that TF2 is approaching 10 years of age at this point, and thus people will eventually move on to other games. Dota and CSGO are the big ones. Multiple other factors entered into play. I'll try to list what I've observed as reasons it began its decline. The introduction introduction of Stranges, which track various statistics on a given item, and Killstreak kits, which enable players enable items to activate special glows and effects depending on the type. Professional Killstreak activates various eyes special effect glows, like fire, lightning, etc., and Specialized Killstreak activates sheens on weapons, emerald, golden, violet, and such. These made some items desirable, while others floundered in response. Genuine and vintage items have no special attributes outside of item name color, and so with the introduction of Killstreak and Strange items, these have drastically fallen by the wayside. Vintage weapons once net 50 cents or more, each for even the least desired ones, whereas now across the board, save one or two exceptions, they yield only 3 to 4 cents after a sale. This is because they don't do anything special, while Stranges do. Same goes for genuines. Even the most garbage genuine hat would go for a dollar or more, whereas now most are 30 cents or less. Stranges... Like comment on capitalism. It just feels like a <laughs> weird, like, Sneetch's... Right. Yeah, it's yeah, just it's like, it's like yeah, a very yeah, right. strange, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Seuss tale going on. Strange. Stranges, uniques, genuines, and vintages? Yeah, yeah. it's just... It's like Even very... the most genuine garbage yeah. hat or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stranges of cosmetics started appearing a while ago as well, which caused a bunch of formerly valuable cosmetics to become less desired. However, Valve put some patchwork fixes for those in the terms of kits that allow you to strangeify non-strange cosmetics. <laughs> God! The player base is still strong, with peaks of 78,000 players being recorded recently. Very impressive for such an old game. However, I've seen, as I have talked to customers, that there's been a significant shift from high-tier items to more middle-of-the-road or basic items. There's not many people looking for $1,000 unusuals anymore, but lots of folks seem to be happy just getting any unusual, even a crappy one. This has resulted in unusual pricing sites become wildly out, unusual pricing sites becoming wildly out of date with their prices. And my in my experience, most of them sell for half or less of the supposed values. Such is the dan- danger of an unmoderated economy; it could collapse at any moment. So the earbud crash on April Fool's Day. Brad Pitt, the guy who runs the largest item pricing site for <laughs> naturally, announced he was delisting earbuds as the de facto form of high tier currency and switching to a system based on keys, since they have a much more stable value. Earbuds have been declining for a while, both because of lessened demand and the injection of hundreds of duped earbuds into the economy all at once, causing a glut that caused a bit of a panic price drop in the community. Mm. Earbuds, which at their high point yielded upwards of $45 to $50 each, are now down to $9.50 on the Steam Marketplace as of this email. The Steam Marketplace. It has created plenty of opportunity for people, but has also allowed people who couldn't give half a shit about the economy but happen to have valuable items to dump them for irrationally low prices, which sometimes can cause a cascade effect when someone undercuts that price. The end of the line update. Last fall, Valve included introduced a community-created update called the end of the line update, which in- included a fan-made movie and a crapload of cosmetics. The thing is, they included too many cosmetics, and they introduced even more in the following months. In the original days when they first introduced cosmetics, they included one, two tops per class per update. Many updates nowadays include dozens of new cosmetics, which creates a diluting effect and makes people less likely to want to catch them all when there's too many new things coming out too quickly. It's a catch-22 because there's really a ton of amazing new stuff being created every day in the Steam Workshop. I can't blame them for wanting to include more of it. The, un- the new unusual effects suck, and there are too many of them. They've been putting in new unusual effects that are frankly kind of terrible. A lot of the time, people straight up say they don't want an unusual with a newer effect. 
There's some good ones, of course, but most of them are bland or just weird, and there's way too many limited edition ones. One or two unusuals show up with a special effect, and then whoops, it's gone forever, and those are the only two that'll ever exist. Too many special snowflakes, and it makes them all less desirable because they're not as special anymore, when suddenly everyone can have a different special snowflake. <laughs> Valve gave up, gave up on their idea to retire hats. I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> they started a new idea, retiring older hats to limit the supply, and abruptly stopped after the first one. The first run of hats are now no longer obtainable in any form. The ones that exist are it, and no more will drop, which is a great idea to keep things moving. There's still more than enough available, tens if not hundreds of thousands of each, so if you really want to get one, they're very much possible to get. But they back down from doing any more because they can't sell them in the store anymore? Who knows? They become marketable once they're retired, so the person who originally created the hat still gets a cut. I've talked to folks who work or worked on TF2 in the past about the various aspects of the economy, but have never been able to penetrate their methodology when it comes to running the TF2, Dota, or CSGO economies. I definitely feel they should talk to some of the folks who are neck deep in this stuff to get a better understanding of things. Also, please at least one of you try out Axiom Verge. <laughs> I recall someone mentioned it a while back, but I think it got lost in the shuffle, and then it came out on Steam a little bit ago and got lost in the shuffle. It debuted the same day as the Capcom sale began, and combined with the Witcher hype, eclipsing everything by that point, uh, resulted in Axiom Verge getting bumped off the front page of Steam within half a day. Oh. It deserves better. Uh, I reviewed it on Steam, gave it a 10 out of 10, and hopefully one of you will have time to give it a go. It's an incredible experience, and all the more so due to it being developed mechanically, audibly, and visually by a single guy over the course of five years. Thanks for giving it consideration. Um, I've actually played a bunch more of Axiom Oh, Verge, cool. Yeah, what do you think? It is really good. I'm really enjoying it. Nice. I said before, like, um, I didn't play um, Metroid or any kind of right. Metroidvania stuff right. um, as a kid or anything. So I don't, the, the nostalgia aspect of it isn't really <clears throat> right. there for me in the same way. Yeah. But even so, like, you know, I've played games similar enough that it's really nice to you know, I know what I'm doing. I, it mm -hmm. feels good to play and it's fun to play kind of a basic shooting Metroidvania game. You know, it's mm -hmm. really cool. Nice. And it has, it's got all these kind of weird glitchy effects as the game progresses mm. that kind of mess with the, I guess, mess with the formula. Um, I wouldn't know really, but I'm guessing at these things, you know, like the <laughs> game itself is kind of glitching and you can right. kind of like use weapons to glitch through walls okay, and yeah. stuff like that. It doesn't sound um, like an actual thing that was in Metroid. Yeah. Right. I, I assume not, but, um, it's good. I played it up until the point where it started to just be really fucking hard in my face. And mm. uh, I went and played something else for a bit. But I really want to go back to it. Yeah. It is good. Cool. Yes. I just want to point out in that letter something that amused me, which was um, that TF2 or whatever is 10 years old. And so people are starting to play it less. And instead are playing Counter-Strike, which is like double. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Dota. Yeah. Which is, yeah. which is, which is another, which is more 20 year old as well, yeah. basically. <laughs> Um, the thing that amuses me about that is it just feels so reflective of what Valve is to me now. <laughs> you know, like where I would I would be excited about Team Fortress 2 when it was announced in the run-up to it, playing it for the first two years. And that, to me, is the same effect that I think people have when they read an article about EVE Online. And they go, oh, that's mm -hmm. interesting, but I, I, there's no fucking way I'm going to get in any right, of that Right, now shit. Team Fortress 2 exists <laughs> in like the EVE space. Yeah. I mean, it's a little different because you can it's still a little sign different. onto a Team Fortress server, just click on the soldier, and shoot guys. Kind of. It's, Except that I feel repelled by it now because I there is so it, much to it. It has, it has, so much it has crossed stuff. over even for me at this point. Where like there, yeah. were, there were years where even though there were items galore, I could still play and be like, it's a payload map. I know that I should push the cart. Or like, right. it's a capture the flag map. But now, like... I also find that servers are modded and have yeah. enough color and weird shit in the UI on top of the multiple layers of stuff on top of like weird sound packs. And it's just like, it feels, 
I mean, like you're entering a different world that then has Team Fortress 2 hidden way in, inside of it. It was probably the best thing for the game, I guess. But at the same time, it bums well, me out because also, I feel like... It's uh, also, I guess, what happens when... I mean, it has tens of thousands of players still, but it doesn't seem like it's catering to new players in any right. capacity at all. It's catering to those same yeah. people who are coming in again and again and again Which and getting makes... more hats and now selling the hats to each other, I guess. Yeah. All of it makes very sense, weird. but it's not... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I feel it's such a strange thing. I mean, we've definitely talked about this in the past yeah. with games that are on that live only online, essentially. But what a strange po- thing! Like when you think think about the concept of posterity yeah. in the context of something like TF2 or or a lot of MMOs, like yeah, like World of Warcraft. I feel like is, uh, I mean. If you wanted to even load up World of Warcraft and play through the first few like zones or whatever, they've gone back and redesigned all of that stuff now. Yeah. It doesn't live anywhere other than like in a Blizzard hard drive somewhere right. at this point. You can't go back and do it. It's really it's kind of I don't know, it bums me out. Like I, I wish Blizzard I wish keeps, that stuff I wonder if Blizzard keeps functioning like builds. mirrors because they must they like do. they must pull a full mirror to. of a server when they update, which means yeah. that they could probably roll back in source control, build an executable and run it. Yeah. But yeah. like the thing, the thing people bring up MMOs as an example of that, which I guess is probably more tragic to those who play MMOs. But I always expect an MMO to be like constantly. Evolving. I'm actually yeah. disappointed yeah. in MMOs that remain static and that don't change because mm-hmm. to me, the whole point of an MMO should be that it is a living world that continues to evolve well, over yeah. time. Yes, and there's also you there you can. It's ripe for oral histories and things like that where right. people can talk about the way the world used to be and it actually has some relevance whereas that doesn't really mean anything in TF2. In Team Fortress 2 it feels like it's just like it started with a game that was meant to be a game like I mean we've talked about this everyone who says anything negative about Team Fortress 2 at this point says this is the Team Fortress 2 started off as an incredibly clean pure mm-hmm. visually designed like slick competitive multiplayer game that like had the sort of twitch mechanics of an of like a quake one two three early Unreal Tournament style thing and now it it has the crazy meta insanity of a th- of, of yeah. like an MMO or a free to play game or something. I mean, it is a free to play game. But the, di- the difference between the way that TF2 has evolved and the way an MMO has evolved is that an MMO, at least okay, a well maintained MMO, like I assume World of Warcraft. I think you're trying. No, no, no. I think you're making a similar argument to what I'm making. I'm not sure though. I'm saying Pro- probably I'm sure the, way that, the way that's happened in Team Fortress is unnatural and bolted on, whereas it feels like an MMO. Right. It's part of its it's like yeah, well, DNA. Yes, I mean, I think we agree. I'm going to phrase it differently, okay. which is that an MMO changes. In the sense that the world literally changes or grows and expands, whereas in TF2, the world essentially stays the same. It just gets crap. It, more stuff is in it. Like it's just yeah. – it's not like – remember when in this world it was like this? It's – no. Just remember when there was fewer things. Like it's just like – No, but I see that. I would make the argument though that MMOs are, are in the same vein. Like I feel like – But if they're literally redesigning zones – yeah, that's like the world actually just straight up changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's not consistent with its like when you're talking about like the clean like the clean feeling of of TF2 vanilla. Like mm-hmm. that's the thing that I lament about World of Warcraft because I feel like okay. there was a clean version of World of Warcraft that was I actually see. pretty consistently okay, designed. Fair enough. I actually yeah. think the World and of Warcraft the, is maybe cleaner now than it was when it began oh, in terms shit. of a lot of its systems. They don't know what they, I'm talking about. They put, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I <laughs> they've honed back like a ton of the like in-depth weird shit and made it yeah. cleaner and more friendly and more I bet accessible. being onboarded into World of Warcraft at this point is the slickest fucking experience you've ever had, whereas being onboarded into <laughs> Team Fortress 2, despite the fact that the main menu no, has the experience 16 is pages of stuff. I'm just yeah. talking about pure world design. 
for me. Like, oh, I just, okay. this, this, it just, ugh. I don't know. I'm not going to talk about World of Warcraft. I, do, I <laughs> dove back into it like a year ago just to see, like, when the, whenever the latest expansion came out. Well, yeah. uh, wait for and a World of Warcraft just... player to tell you that you haven't played it in the last year and yeah. you don't know anything. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We got they introduced the and... clean world update <laughs> in which the world was cleaned. Because, yeah, like, I know Team Fortress 2 did a huge main menu update, and which was now like four plus years ago, and the goal was to get people away from the, like, Steam server browser as the default way to get into Team Fortress 2, but instead, for me, it now just makes everything even more obfuscated, because it's like, play a game with some people. Yep. Uh, Just kidding, in your fucking face, you're on a server that has (laughs) an unreal sound pack, and you have to pay three coins to unlock a glow in your name (laughs) in chat, and like, Jesus, like, how is that, you know? Yeah, and and then contrary to that, I loaded up Quake Live the other day, and it was just Quake 3, and I was really happy. Yeah. (laughs) I was was like, oh yeah, this is just, I was like, quad damage thing, and this is the map I know, all right, I'm good. I, I have never played an MMO in my life. I'm like the one person who writes about games for a living who's never played an MMO. I haven't, pl- I haven't played many. I, I really World of Warcraft is the only one that I put any significant. You had your six month into. like yeah affair deep, deep with WoW. Yeah. You had uh-huh. your time. Yeah. Yep, yep. And I've and I've played like a couple hours of several other of other MMOs, but that's but n- not past. Certainly never past like the initial free month because I just never felt that none of the ones I ever played after World of Warcraft felt as complete as that, and so I just kind of got bored, I guess. Um, here's an email from Michael Mariano addressed to Jake. <gasps> what is the difference between Baby Bowser and Bowser Jr.? <gasps> Baby Bowser is the child version of Bowser and the villain of Yoshi's Island. Bowser Jr. is Bowser's son and the villain of Super Mario Sunshine. But they look identical, so their subsequent appearances in Mario games confuse me. How do you tell the difference? A recent NeoGAF thread called Let's Clear Up the Confusion on Baby <laughs> Bowser and Bowser Jr. tried to help, but I don't think it did. Which one is your favorite? Mike. Oh, Baby Bowser obviously is the superior one because Yoshi's Island is a great game and Bowser Jr. is just, like, biting that style. Bowser Jr. (laughs) Fuck Bowser Jr. Doesn't Baby Bowser usually have a bib? And Bowser Jr. does not typically have a bib? I think think that is one. I think something like that. Is that one of the things that... That was one of the main arguments. It's basically (laughs) the same character design, though. I guess Bowser... Pretty similar, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Right to Douglas' baby. Dinosaur would look the same. The the real reason also that baby... Okay, Bowser Bowser Jr. has a bandana. Bowser Jr. has a bandana. That's what you're thinking of. Bowser Jr. also sucks because Bowser Jr. is Bowser's second fucking secret family because Bowser already had the Koopa kids. That's right. So what's he doing having Bowser Jr.? Junior. Yeah, who's what his, about his other family? Yeah, right? he's a villain, Jake. Who, who is his mom? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bowser Junior looks it? exactly like Bowser as a kid, so apparently Bowser has just discovered how to reproduce asexually. <laughs> That's what it is. <gasps> Bowser Junior, like buddy. in Jurassic Park. Yes. That makes oh sense. My God. <laughs> <laughs> Life found a way, and Bowser Junior showed up. <laughs> Bowser spliced himself. With Nick, your experiments. Yeah, it's just yeah. yeah. all <laughs> Nick's fault. That's why he can jump so as a dinosaur <laughs> the electricity running through my SNES and then up the wire and then yeah, floating onto a Nintendo server and then 10 you, years you accidentally had a rare like collector's edition debug Super Nintendo that actually had a modem plugged into that expansion port this is right. just the plot of an 80s movie yeah, oh. really no, yeah, yeah I can see the purple lightning and everything it sure is <laughs> oh man yeah uh, okay let's see what else do we have here um, what's the name of the advisor in SimCity Super Nintendo it's just like Dr. Sness or something it's Dr. Wright Dr. Wright. Oh, because there's a reference to Will Wright. Yeah. 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 I like the idea of you doing this thing and then Dr. Wright just showing up saying, no. (laughs) No. (laughs) What have you done? (laughs) (laughs) Bad, like, low frame rate screen shake as Dr. Wright says that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Man, someone linked on the screen. It is now a god in white. (laughs) 
So Jonathan Decker wrote in an email whose t- subject line was connect for a head. And he says, sup, thumb crew, saw this tweet go past my Twitter feed and immediately thought robot news. Yes, this humanoid robot simply has an Xbox One connect for a head. <laughs> Cheers, John Decker. And this just looks like it just oh, looks God. like a little fucking guy with like oh, crazy claw hands or something. Uh, um, is he connected? The, the robot is called uh, Thor. Tactical Hazardous Operations Robot. Of course it is. Classic backronym there. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. A collaboration between UCLA and UPenn. Um, Team Thor is developing Thor RD. Thorard for uh, rapid Thorward Thor rapid development. Oh, I thought it was Thor rapid deployment, which would be uh, way yeah. scary. Oh, it is rapid deployment. You're oh, right. Oh no, shit! <laughs> An advanced humanoid robot designed for disaster relief scenarios. This is always what they say. Yeah. First, like the, the other robots create the disasters. Yeah. <laughs> These robots actually just carry the other robots out from amidst the human waste that they create. Did you see the other crazy robot news that was this week? Jake, three robots were announced. Yeah. Three? There were three. The cheetah was one of the three robots and the least crazy of the robots. <laughs> that was the least crazy? Well, the cheetah yeah. has existed for a while, but now the cheetah yeah. can jump can over, re- it can fine. run hurdles, Including, basically. like, when they just toss hurdles in front of it at random, it yeah. will, like, oh successfully jump over them perfectly. Okay, but did you see the origami robot? No. Is this a robot that holds origami sh- or a robot that is made of origami? It's a flat... <laughs> it's the okay, the video of this is crazy. It's oh, a flat sheet of, of metal... <laughs> looking thing with like circuit boards on it they put it down it folds itself into a robot and then just like vibrates away and walks around and the video shows it like digging through like obstacles climbing human skin like going up someone's arm like me and then also dissolving in a certain solution like it's just like and now it's gone like a classic assassin what? robot imagine thing. When, okay, imagine when when the fucking <laughs> Thor, which has a connect for a head, also has a, a fucking Epson printer in its chest. <laughs> and it just prints out sheets that kind of like then, fall to the ground. They become little themselves robots. up into robots no. and it's just this army. And then the robots uh, come back to it and its mouth just sort of pours the acid pours <laughs> acid to dissolve it. And then a cheetah jumps in and leaps away holding it so there's no trace that anything ever happened. <laughs> Okay, what was the third robot? Um, the third oh, one... Oh, it wasn't the Connect for a Head the robot? The third one was some kind of crazy accurate robot, the use of which <laughs> was that. was for catching fruit flies, specifically <laughs> by the thorax, yes. which is like... Uh, they said it was like trying to hit uh, a moving target the size of a full stop, um, or a period, whatever you want to call it. And, um, so it just shines a bit of light and it goes bam and just picks up a fly that's wow. moving around a thing. And they were like, yeah, this could do brain surgery if you wanted to. It's crazy accurate. Bam! This could bang. Inside your brain yeah. right now. It's good. Ah, moving up I, to 100 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, they were all like, for, I think from MIT or, or I don't know, they must have been some kind of robot I, con I, I or have, something. I have yeah, personally I controlled jam. a robot at MIT with a connect for a head. It's not the same as this robot. What? But I, I have personally, like, used a computer <laughs> to issue commands to a big fucking huge robot who with a Wait, you were living the original Xbox E3 demo? What? Of like that woman on the platform who like does moves and then a huge Xbox colored robot does moves behind her? No one remembers the original Xbox press conference? No, Man, no. back when the Xbox was announced as just a chrome X with a green circle in the middle of it and it had like the it was the it was the dawn of like the most out of control lie 
real-time rendered tech demo. And it was like smoke everywhere on the ground and just like a woman. It was a CG humanoid woman in like a tank top and of like VR gloves and boots. Oh does God, crazy yeah. dance moves or like just like, you know, combat like punches and stuff. And then like the light reveals behind her that there's a huge robot that's also doing all these same moves. And they were like, this could be rendered on an Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> Man, no one remembers I, that. I vaguely oh, remember I that. I, once you said she was a cartoon, like she's a rendered thing. I oh man, because remember like the tank girl. Thing, I know this because like, when the out. when the box art for Titanfall came out, I photoshopped that woman onto it and replaced it with a guy, <laughs> and was like Titanfall for Xbox, and no one knew what I was oh, talking about. I remember I was, that. I, I was saw so that. sad. I didn't know what you were talking like, about. That was a, that was one of those things that everyone remembered and made fun of for like two years, and then right. just promptly forgot, right. I guess, except me. Because it was never recapitulated in anything. It I know. That a, stupid robot never came back. What a missed yeah. opportunity. Well, this was a real robot that I controlled. A big, actual, like, yeah, so probably multiple ton weighing yeah, robot. Yeah, you were living why, the Xbox. Why did it have a connect for a head? Because it's, it was just a really useful way to just get data that it could feed into the brain. Sensory data. Yeah, I mean, the robot like, brain. I mean, for the same reason they put one on this four thing, you know. Apparently, it works <laughs> for that. I mean, it works better for that than playing video games, probably. So, so. Thor, yeah, man, poor Connect. Remember when Connect was the center of your Sick Xbox burn. One universe? So Thor rapidly deploys yeah. and saves people, like when a flood happens yeah, or but, something. But if Iron you do Man just dance them. in front of it, then it shuts down. <laughs> <laughs> the human form allows for the use of that's human our tools secret weapon as humans because we have creativity and we have dance moves. So yeah. that's how we defeat it. Just the like robot. it so just goes yeah. into like debug mode. Sorry, and what, just, what like, is what is what is yeah. Thor for? I, I yeah, sorry. Okay, so. What is Thor for? Uh, Thor RD's humanoid form is ideal for the human-centric environments encountered in disaster areas. Human-centric environments. The form allows for the use of human tools and mechanisms, like weapons, <laughs> to aid in the completion of the objective at hand. Team Thor, this is one of only six projects being funded by DARPA just at this school. Jesus. Just at this, you know, research center or whatever. Because... A connect for a head is good, but I do now. Am- <laughs> Strange, this government rescue robot's having trouble rescuing the black people. That was such an amazing, Christ. depressing news story when the Xbox yeah. One came out, yeah. and it was just like, doesn't detect black people, so we'll just have yeah. fewer uh, black celebrities demoing it on nighttime TV and stuff. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's some. <laughs> Bullshit. Poor, yeah. Anyway, whatever. If there's actually a version of this is made for sure, it would have it like a military grade uh, headset on, like the kind you'd find in like a pro PC rig. <laughs> yeah, it would have the same connect, but it would have like yeah. the the camo version that you got. Yeah, and the for, camera would be GameStop or whatever, and would cost like two hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay, so um, what else do we have in here? We have. Uh, Paul Batsing. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong because there's an there's their accent an accent in that name. Uh, he writes, "Dear Thumbs, in your last episode, you discussed people who only play one game more or less, and your thoughts on their motivations. I and a friend who is a psychologist have had a lot of discussions on why people play video games, and here are some thoughts I wanted to share. Well, I think it is right that people play simpler to pass time, or simply to pass time. I think he means the way people play games. He like, means the iOS games simpler. <laughs> <laughs> the way people play games, like the Windows 10 included." Candy Crush. Is that included with Windows 10? Yes, it is. Okay. Uh, This is a sponsored email. Sorry. Who sent this? (laughs) Uh, Microsoft. Paul Batsing from Oslo. 
Uh, he says, anyway, Home of um, the way people play games like Candy Crush and their derivatives have another has another dynamic. It feels exactly like work, and clearing levels can somehow give players the feeling that they've accomplished something. Especially games like Candy Crush, which have a practically infinite number of levels that are getting more all the time, are handing you a list of tasks, a clearly defined condition for success, and enough of a challenge so that it takes you some time to progress. In Candy Crush's later levels, it can take up to 100 lives to clear a level, even with perfect play, because you need a certain setup that only appears rarely. Since the level numbers that get higher and higher, the player perceives progress. When you make the levels too easy or give the player too many or infinite lives, the progression feels shallow and the game boring. There was recently an article in Kotaku about the 3DS version of Puzzle Quest that made the same point. The same can be said about any game, especially the grinding parts, but in mobile games this is driven to extremes. And since nobody ever can really finish games that provide new levels every month, it is much easier to only play these as you already have so much effort in your virtual... Uh, already have invested so much effort in your virtual accomplishments. Anyway, thanks for a great podcast. It has helped me tremendously through a difficult phase of depression last year. Greetings, Paul Batsing from Oslo. Um, yeah, I think that's probably pretty accurate. Makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I don't know I if it's I don't know if it's fair to say that games just simulate success because I think success in a game is is still success. <laughs> True. If it's success in your mind, and failure is still failure. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So if you don't beat a game, you're a big failure. <laughs> You're fired from your job. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you pay games for the privilege, not the other way around. True. Who's the customer? Games. (laughs) Uh, Sam Rosenberry writes: Too much information about childhood LARPing. Hello, thumbs. (laughs) Excellent. I was was listening to old episodes (laughs) while waiting for today's episode to upload. That feels really sad when I write it out. And I came upon a section of one episode where a reader wrote in about hearing some elementary schoolers LARPing Minecraft. I thought it was funny that there would be such a reaction to that idea, but then it occurred to me just how weird my childhood must have been to compared to everyone else who's ever had a childhood. I am 17, just as a point of reference. Anyway, what I was remembering was that when we used to play little imagination games, like every group of kids does, we called it RPG. I was introduced to the term by some older kids, and I didn't actually know what RPG stood for until three years after I started using it on a daily basis. <laughs> anyway, uh, most games we played had very structured and upgrade-based leveling curves. I.e., in a stick fight, you do something cool and get to level two, where you get the ability to wield dual sticks. I expressly, expressly remember the term akimbo sticks. <laughs> finally, yes. finally, I remember that every time we would have nerf gun fights, we would reconcile the fact that some people had lost all their darts by playing one in the chamber rounds of nerf fight. And the strangest part of all this is that it was all part of my life long before video games were. I live in a hippie-type town, and roughly 50% of my friends didn't have TVs, and as far as I know, nobody in my close circle of friends even had video games. I didn't have any games until I got a Wii for my 10th birthday, and I didn't really get into video games until around the time TF2 came out on Mac. So I'm not sure where yeah. the, so I'm, I'm, <laughs> not, right. I'm not sure where all of our video game references came from. My whole childhood was just emulating video games, and I just assumed until I was 14 that these were things we had come up with. It's really strange. Love from a loyal reader, Sam Rosenberry. P.S. One of my most vivid coming-of-age type memories was talking at a sleepover with my 11-year-old friends about how we should structure a level progression for the loss of our virginities and very contentious arguments (laughs) about how many levels different sexual experiences should net you. (laughs) The more I think about these things, the more it occurs to me that this might be common, but my friends might just be weird as fuck. Fuck baseball analogies, video games analogies. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. True. Oh, man, yeah. Um, Stage two, three. (laughs) 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 New game plus. Oh god, okay. Uh, Remember when when he he was talking about how like eleven year olds said this, then we all started talking about it. (laughs) Um, This reminds. It weirdly unlocked a memory that I had of like like a memory unlocked. (laughs) 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 I got a good laugh out of you there. That was 
depressing. <laughs> what did it unlock? Um, <laughs> it's, it's not a great story or anything, but just like stupid shit that I would do with my friends uh, that was video game related, using video games that I had no relation to. Like I never played these games or anything, but people would like take. It's almost like they were emulating like Smash Brothers before Smash Brothers was a thing. Like they would take like characters from games, like uh, the artist, like whoever was like good at drawing, would just like in a spiral notebook draw like 20 different Nintendo characters or like game just characters from games and then we would assign statistics to those characters mm. and then we would like have like a bracket and then people would like bet on like who was going to beat the other character and then there would be like die rolls but if- and this whole system that like was created around like essentially just fucking what Smash Brothers does in like five seconds anyway. but you did like turn based Smash, yeah, yeah. Dice roll smash. Yeah, it's like one v one Smash Bros. Yeah, it's weird. I anyway, huh. I, I, kids are weird. Like kids are dumb Brothers, and weird. Smash Brothers manager is basically yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what that was. I, I feel like there's this very weird. I feel like kids will do this in in many many ways, but I, I was less influenced by sort of rules based games than I was by sort of the marketing of games. Like I, I would make up entire like marketing campaigns in my mind. Like, yes. You missed your calling. Awesome. What are you doing? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I couldn't do it now, but like when I was a kid, I think I just was so influenced by like, oh, it would be really cool if you get this that looks like, I didn't know the term branding, but it would have been branding on your shirt when you play the football game and then you'd be I don't I don't know. It's really it's really bizarre. Maybe I'm Man. much weirder than this kid. I was I was really inspired by magazine <laughs> ads from games. So like the game I used to play was just doing like super extreme poses where I would like hold <laughs> yeah. a game towards someone's face. <laughs> While like squishing a bug into the screen <laughs> and saying something about boobs, yeah, talk and... about boobs, yeah, I would have been too embarrassed to talk boobs. about boobs. <laughs> yeah, man, I, my my friends and I had a period of a couple years in elementary school where we played what we called telling games, which are basically just like RPGs without rules. And I'd never heard of RPGs. I didn't ever grow up playing like. Dungeons and Dragons or anything like that. So is it just like a narrative DMing, basically? Yeah, exactly. And and it was also introduced to us by like older kids at our our, our, our elementary school. But I bet they played like sex versions. The older kids <laughs> they yeah. played Probably. the sex game. The s- but it was cursing. just it was just they were but the dick pic version. <laughs> we played the Cobra. Club. It was just like you're walking down the beach, like you come across this. What do you do? Except none of us were consistent enough in our imagination to ever keep it from just going off the rails instantly that's what's yeah. fun about that though so whatever yeah, i mean yeah, yeah at least you didn't have friends who were like i do nothing <laughs> no i don't think that happened. because you know, your like, game is yeah, stupid just, i'm going home yeah the premise is invalid what's what was that you what no you? this that's a guy the who premise exists. is invalid <laughs> says 10 year old you there are kids like that who have no imagination they're no fun or who have yeah who are more they're clever than robots. they are imaginative yeah, they're yeah, not they're true. not thinking yeah. of marketing campaigns in their yeah, heads exactly <laughs> no they're thinking entire... of employing people to think of marketing campaigns <laughs> yeah. for them and they will <laughs> i sold an entire season of a weird football kind of game in my head when i was like nine hmm. i don't I don't know why. Anyway. Collusion fantasies. (laughs) (laughs) I remember there there are marketing people who are just, you know, when they were 10, they dreamed of writing articles. Yeah. (laughs) That is definitely true. That probably is true. Yes. I remember in junior high when I learned the concept of an RPG, like a pen and paper RPG, but I'd still never played one. And I don't even know if I ever did. Maybe 
once ever. I, there's again, there's not a thing that I ever actually like interacted with. But for some reason, despite that, when I learned about it, I decided I should like make one myself. And I, the only thing I, Excellent. I just knew like little bits about what an RPG was, like little tiny. Again, I'm talking about pen and paper ones. I'm sure I had played yeah. like a few minutes of Final Fantasy on like a friend's SNES or something. I don't know. Um, but uh, I remember uh, I called it I, – I knew that they all had these like – not all, but as far as I was aware, they all had acronyms where each letter stood for an attribute type. You know, like charisma and strength, like strength and all those ones. Yeah, yeah, right. I right. um, mean cha and strur. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And I don't know where, where I got this. It's baffling to me that I like managed to obtain this knowledge without like – owning any of them or playing any of them ever. And so I made up my own system called Big Wars, which was, which was an TM. acronym. And I don't even remember what the letters stood for. Um, I'm sure the S stood for strength. Um, w probably stood for wisdom. like Or wizard. Or wizard. Um, What's your I, wizard rating? A maybe was agility. Wisdom. I don't know. I, intelligence. I'm just guessing, but I can't remember anything about Big it. Big Wars. And I, and I drew all these like maps and stuff for it, and like this made up rules, but I have no idea if any of them have any correspondence to any way that RPG systems work. It was a really strange, and I don't think I even showed it to anyone. I did it all on graph paper, on like dozens <laughs> of sheets of graph paper, and then I think I just like forgot about it, and just and that was it. Like it was just like a thing I did where I'm like, oh yeah, I could totally do that. Yeah. Said the, the person literally nothing about yeah. it. Like just write, 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 write. It's the great okay, thing about done. kids. Like yeah. you don't know how much you don't know, so you think you know everything. And right. It's kind of great. Yeah. My teacher told me to write a story once and I just wrote a series of letters and she was like, what do you, what is this? And I was like, well, no, each one stands for a word. <laughs> she was like, oh, okay. Read it back to me, asshole. And then I was like, Fuck. Bluff called. I, <laughs> Wait, you didn't even actually have a story? I couldn't remember. I mean, I, I'd written it. It made sense in my head. They all stood for words. I just couldn't remember what the words were. <laughs> and thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> the great games of childhood. God, I, my, I had a friend in elementary school, and the two of us spent, like, I want to say four years of elementary school, three or four years of elementary school, writing a book um, that started <laughs> by copying random passages of, of, like, paragraphs, essentially, out of books that we found in the library <laughs> and, like, assembling them into a nonsensical story that we thought was – we thought this was, like, the funniest fucking thing <laughs> that had ever been conceived by human brains. And we wrote it all on just, like, loose-leaf paper and we would just each write a chapter – and like, just we would just write chapters all the time and like compile them into this un just stack that included probably hundreds of pages over time. And a after a certain point, like, it started off by being this weird, just appropriated, like, found art that we, you know, we we combined all these like bit. We would again transcribe by hand. This was not like photocopying or scanning or anything. This was like taking a book from the library, opening it to a random page, like finding a paragraph that looked like it would be useful, and then copying it by hand into the thing. And then I think we start. We event, it eventually started morphing into a form where the characters became consistent, even as we were like copying the rest of the sentences out. And then it eventually we just started writing it ourselves, like from our own brains, based on the characters and situations that started from this weird, like appropriated awesome. quilt of of fiction. And it just went on for, I mean, just. You're dozens a fool and for not keeping whatever this was. I yeah. kept it for a long Beautiful. time. I kept it like. 
through <clears throat> high school, and I think it probably got thrown away when I moved out of the of my parents' house because um, you threw it away I, right when it would actually be important for you to refind as an adult. <laughs> I know. Well, I remember my dad at one point gave me an ultimatum. He's like, anything that you don't physically take with you in this house, I'm throwing away. And so I, I think that was one of the things that probably just got thrown away. But uh, but it was crazy. It, and I remember the main character was named Bino because, <laughs> because Bino was just happened to be a character in one of the books that we got from the library. And that was one of the names that ended up just yeah. sticking around and becoming incorporated into the whole story. And yeah. it went on and on and on. And, and we called it the big book of absolutely completely nothing at all. And it was this crazy project that spanned – Two between two and four years, and I'm like, which, which for an elementary school student is a long that's, ass that's time. Forever, like you're yeah. like a different person at the end of those. And the character, as a result of that, the character of the book and like the style of humor was totally different. I am incredibly depressed that you don't still have this mm. because I it's really probably garbage. But the novelty value of that existing and the effort that went into it is yeah. worth it still existing. Yeah. So it's, it was. I I am actually really sad about that too because I remember every few years after, like you know, in high school, actually maybe even. For a little bit after when, it, when I was in college, maybe when I went home, I can't remember when all that stuff got thrown away. But I remember every once in a while I'd go back to it, and like as you say, it's generally garbage. But every once in a while I would like flip through it, and there would be something in it that would actually still crack me up, which is probably says more about me than it does the the, the content. But like, but it was just such an odd artifact that you know was such a weird specific thing. That's so charming. Yeah, it reminds me of a game that um, I played. It's not really a game that I played, but a thing that I would do in England in pubs a lot whilst drinking in pubs, mm-hmm. which obviously not as a child. Right. Uh, more recently <laughs> than that. When you were ten. But like uh, in uh, in pubs, especially old ones, they have <clears throat> a ton of books on bookshelves. Sometimes you know that they're, they're there to look cool. No one's fucking reading those books. Right. Um, but. If we were just hanging around drinking, it's fun to just grab one of those yep. books, leaf through to about two thirds of the way through, find like the end of an act, and then dramatically read oh, yeah. like the last paragraph <laughs> yeah, right. of yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> and then, then shut the book <laughs> and put it back. Yeah, like, yeah there's some really yeah. weird shit that you find in those <laughs> oh, books. Yeah. It's awesome. That's an important to try it. Too. Yeah, yeah. I used to do that. Yeah. Your story, I, this will be super quick, I promise. Sure. Your story reminded me of my very first foray into video game journalism at the age of eight. Oh, man. Where I, I borrowed a bunch of my cousin's Sega magazines, and I didn't have any Sega systems. And it was my intention to copy the best part of the content from those articles and decide what the best games were from these magazines and then make my own magazine and sell it. And make <laughs> oh, nice. A lot so you, were being like, you were being like a publisher slash editor. I was. And marketing. Well, but I also, it was also my own take on everything because <laughs> it was like, well, no, that looks stupid, but this looks cool from like a screenshot and a write up in a right. 1992 right. magazine yeah, 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 or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Was I was going to be rich? I was going to be filthy rich. Oh, man. That's great. I had all these get rich And then you schemes. started Polygon. I think that's a common yeah. thing for kids <laughs> is to like, have a business Kevin idea that yeah, yeah. <laughs> does is nothing <laughs> contains no business. It's such a great idea. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, that becomes real business these days. Like uh, people that will come and get your washing for you and take it away yes. and do mm-hmm. your laundry. Or was that other San Francisco one? Oh yeah, garbage the garbage one. disposal yeah. one. Trash day. They're exact oh. things that kids would be like. Yeah. I'm gonna do a business where, where <laughs> I'm gonna take everyone's it, garbage all, out. Those are all the <laughs> things. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> because that's a thing that a kid is physically capable of doing. Yeah. Right. Oh man, I get like a dollar for taking the garbage out. What if I did a hundred people's garbage? <laughs> I'd be rich. I could buy a house. The thing is, all the, there was a tweet recently about that garbage thing and it was like every app that's like a startup 
app now is basically something that somebody's mommy did for them when they were mm-hmm. growing up, and now it's like, oh, okay. Well, that, that tweet immediately, to be my mommy. That tweet like, immediately spawned the parody startup, Here Comes the Airplane, which mm-hmm. was we'll put food in your mouth. <laughs> Excellent. Um, yeah, startups. I'd pay for that. Maybe. Well, useful. There's a use case for that. We'll cut the most useful reviews out of your friend's Sega magazines and send you only the best ones so you know which Sega games are good. Yeah, Danielle Magazine. Is great. It was going to be called magazine. Danielle Magazine? Danielle Magazine. Danielle. <laughs> you're like on the, you're on the cover better. of every oh, issue. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it was Oprah. a picture of me playing a Sega game on each one. <laughs> you always were the Genesis controller. Yep, sometimes like, the three button, sometimes the six mm. button. But it's not plugged into anything because you didn't have a Sega system. Yeah. <laughs> it's just for the photo shoots. It's all the marketing. Yeah. Man, you did yeah. have a good marketing mind. Yeah. Really um, did. I really did. <laughs> all right. Should we go home? Yeah. 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 Thanks for listening. Thanks, everyone. And on a high note. Thank you. For- oh, Thanks, God. everybody, for giving me childhood memories. If only there was a startup um, that we could get to come and end the podcast for us. <laughs> <laughs> end the podcast with lots of energy. Yeah. So we don't have to. Podcaster no. <laughs> with an R. Um, please write us email, actually, at questions at idlethumbs.net. Um, we haven't gotten as much email recently, and that's you probably would think we, from this episode uh, that we get a lot, but we actually this is like this is a, a backlog. This is like three weeks yeah, of, yeah. So know. please feel free to uh, to write us email at questions at idlethumbs dot net. Um, our website is idlethumbs dot net slash idlethumbs. You can find links to where we put stuff on the internet there. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye bye.